You are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. Hello, hello. Hey. So, first off, let's start this off as we always do. How's the diet going? And how's the workout going? Uh, been slacking. Oh, no, you slacking? You don't slack, sir. What's what's yeah. what's happening, my friend? What's happening? I know you've been busy doing some I, reno at the house. I know that. That's yeah. That's pretty much the excuse. Just been busy with the, uh, you know, fixing up the bathroom. And that's about it. Yeah. Now I, I don't. I, to be fair, dude, I'm not surprised. Like you're not working out because that shit, that shit's taxing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, too, has to just do with, like, getting out of work, then getting my daughter from the bus stop, then coming home, then my wife doesn't get home until 6, and it's like, you know, at that point, I'm I'm just done. You're just done? So, what do you mean, done? That Yeah. You haven't even started the bathroom shit at that point. If, I, if anything, I'm about to take that back and say you have plenty of time to fucking not be slacking off. What are you talking about? Well, when you have, you know, tenants above and below you... There's a certain time, you know, that you have to uh, do things at. So, what time do you have to do them at? Well, you you try to do them. I mean, we we pretty much worked on it on my my last uh, on, on one of my days off. So, I feel like you. Have- but if it's any consolation, I literally just had a shake. So that was my dinner. A shake of what? Like a Cinnabon? Uh, protein shake. Oh, okay. Like a, I was going to say like a Cinnabon shake or some shit, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. No, you know what? Actually, speaking <laughs> of shakes, the one thing I can never master, which you do like amazingly at, is uh, just the, your green like smoothies or like your green shakes. Like no matter what I do, I must add something extra like when I used to make them years ago. But like they always came out chunky and just very shitty. Uh, but every time you make them, they're just perfect well what do you and so what i've been doing lately is uh just like a protein shake i get from the store pre-made got 30 grams of protein a gram of or less of sugar uh and then i add coffee to it so i usually get like a caramel flavored protein shake and i add coffee how much and that's okay okay um that sounds expensive. Why don't you just buy like protein powder and do it at home? Uh, we've experimented with all different types of protein powder. Uh, I'm not going to throw name brands out, but uh, pretty much they just they don't work well with what we've tried to do in the past. I mean, we we've done it with like almond milk unsweetened. Uh, we we've tried just doing it with water. We tried regular milk. It's just, for whatever reason, powder protein is, uh, I don't know, there's just a, a it, it is cheaper, but there's a lack of quality. A lack um, of quality? How dare you, yeah. sir? How dare you? So, as far as taste goes, anyways, I mean, it, obviously, you're getting what it offers, but uh, I just like the... The pre-made stuff, but it it is a uh, Walmart brand. I will say that the, the shakes I have been getting, you can also get their, you can also get Costco brand and get like a pack of forty for like fifty five bucks of pre-made shakes. Yes, yeah, yep, yeah. I've done that a few times actually. How do those stack up? Those okay? 
Yeah, I uh, I think Costco carries uh, two different brands. They have Premier Protein, yep. uh, which I think is by far the top in, uh, I think they're the best quality for pre-made. Uh, and then next to that is the Muscle Milk brand, uh, the Light Muscle Milk. They have Muscle Milk, Premier Protein, they have Orgain, they have Vega, they have uh, okay. Muscle Farm, they have... But yeah, as far as pre-made, yeah, they only have like two. They have those two and yeah. like maybe the Kirkland ones, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, come on, man. Like, all right. So, so I, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not upset that you've been slacking. I understand it's been a lot. You know, your kids at school, you're dealing with Reno in the house, and in the, it's in the bathroom, which out of all places is like super inconvenient. Um, yeah. But how bad is it? How bad is the slacking? Is it like, oh, we're getting pizza tonight? Woo! Like. Extra large combo. Oh, yeah. It comes with two liters of Coke. Or is it like, oh, no, I'm just not working out, but we're eating clean. Like, well, where are we at? Where are we at here? No, like, okay, so it's pretty much at night is where I I, I, I kind of uh, eat shitty. You know, so I will say, like, the last two or three nights, I, I did have fast food. Not going to lie. Um, um, you with this but fast during the food, day... Man. Listen, man, it's it's like an alcoholic, you know, know. It, like know. It, it's it's an addiction. What what can I tell you? Well, I know it like is. no matter how far into a diet I am and how long I go without eating something like I always seem to go back to it. It's just whatever. The thing is, is I know I, I have a strong enough willpower where I can just stop and just go cold turkey, you know. True, so, true. I mean, the last the last few days I ate what I ate just because of what, you know, stuff going on around the house but um like i said i'm actually back to just doing like a liquid diet type of thing with shakes uh i just actually bought 24 of them um so that's what i'm gonna be doing but and i will say this during the day uh leading up to the dinner i mean i would either fast or uh have something that was like low carb or something that's not bad so maybe so yeah so so the dinners were bad the dinners were awful. So, but throughout the day, I would either fast or, like I said, do something low carb or whatever. So you're still like you're still at a good weight, right? Oh yeah. Well, well, that's the funny thing too, because like I was actually really afraid that I had gained a ton of weight, like even the la- within the last week, only a pound. I was shocked. Well, so you did this, I was like, you did and I keep telling. Yeah, yeah. Well, because now I know, like, okay, if I know I'm going to eat shitty, at least for dinner, then I know to just fast. Like, because I know how my body works at this point and what I should and shouldn't be taking in. So, yeah, I'll just, I'll fast all day. And then, okay, now we're going to go have some Burger King or whatever. Dude, good for you. Because, you know, that's that's the rule of moderation, right? So, like, either you, you eat like shit, but you have to work out like shit. Uh, like 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 shit. If to if you eat a lot of shitty food, you got to work out really fucking hard and really intensely to burn it off. Or you, yeah, you know what I mean. Or like you just you eat really clean, so you don't have to go as hard in the workout. Or you do both, and you end up looking like you know, like fucking <laughs> a bodybuilder or some shit. Or you do what you did, which is you held it in moderation. It's like, hey, I'm gonna eat like shit. I'm gonna be slightly active just by doing housework, but I'm gonna like. You basically did the overall calorie count of like if I'm gonna eat nine if I'm gonna eat fifteen hundred calories at dinner, then I'm gonna have like nothing throughout the rest of the day. So that's all I have. 
Exactly. Like that, that's just, that right there is my daily intake. And that's what I try to take into uh, consideration. Well, good for you. I'm proud of you, man. That That's, that's a huge jump so. up from what it was like two years ago. Oh yeah. So that's great. Oh dude, it was bad. Like when, when I was at my heaviest, man, I remember just having like, there were times where I'd have Burger King twice a day, you, you know? And just all the not not never mind the health, but even like uh, finances, like the amount of money I was spending exactly. almost daily. Exactly, bad boy, you know? bad boy. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's good. That's good. Um, you should get back on that workout that I told you to do, and let me know how that goes. Yes. But uh, I wouldn't say you should start that until the fucking uh, bathroom is done. Is that done yet or no? It is. I mean, at this point, we're just I I just have to straighten things out in there and, uh, you know, do an actual cleaning now of the bathroom. But other than that, it's done. Perfect. So that means in two weeks you'll be back on the workout again. Yeah, maybe even sooner. I mean, I I could probably get everything done in one day. Right. Well, I mean, like when I talk to you, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I've done it for a week. And it's, it's, I'm feeling Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Nice, man. Nice, man. Trying to make sure you don't slip up, bro. Trying to help you out here. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that's good. I'm I'm happy for you, man. Because the second you told me you're doing housework, I was like, he's been not working out. Because as somebody who's also done housework, that shit sucks. (laughs) That shit fucking sucks. I remember doing grout work for, uh, for two bathtubs, it took me like I want to say three hours a piece to gr- to like remove the grout and shit. It's yeah, a, it's horrible. Oh, it's horrible. Um, I started a fitness program about two weeks ago, and it's really really fun, and I really really like it, and uh, it's awesome. It's four days a week. It's called the five three one program. It's a really cool concept. The idea is that you do only four core movements, and that's it. So bench, uh, bench press, overhead press, squat, and deadlift. And you do those once a day. Uh, so you have a deadlift day, a bench press day, a squat day, an overhead press day. And the idea is okay. that you never work off of your one rep max. So you never do like, oh, this is my – I can only – do this weight once and it's just like it's going to blow up my body and I'm screaming to get it done. The idea behind this program is that that's not your strongest. If I can like bench press 200 pounds once it with like by like almost blowing out my elbows and, and my chest, that's not as strong mm-hmm. as if I can do 185 pounds five times. Okay. So that's the concept behind it. So it's really cool. So it's been great. I'm on week two. I've been monitoring like a lot more of what I'm eating to – help recover and i feel great i'm surprisingly not that sore despite the amount of work i'm doing so i feel pretty good Mm. i feel pretty good and i'm really happy because i haven't done a program since like 2000 and like 14 2013 when i was doing the hatch squat program to increase my squat so i'm happy i'm doing it and uh that's what's new with me fitness wise so just so you don't think i'm so now so now there, you said there's four core movements. So that's and then you do one movement per day. So you do it four times a week. I work out four times a week. So like for example, yesterday was uh, squat day. So I did my squats and then I did accessory mm-hmm. workouts. Only two exercises for accessory workouts. And then today I did bench. I did a overhead press and then I did uh, ex- like three accessory workouts. And then Thursday I'm gonna do uh, uh, bench press. And then I'll do two accessory workouts. And then Friday, I'll do deadlifts. And then I'll do two accessory workouts. And then I'm done. 
Sounds simple. It is simple. And that's the beauty of it. So if you're listening or it, Mikey, if you want to check it out, just look up 531 program and you'll find all this information. It's actually pretty simple. It's pretty cool. The only downside is, is that it takes four days a week. That's pretty much it. And as you know, because you've worked out with me, I used to work out only three days a week and just go fucking ham at those workouts. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I like it. I like it. I, I like the structure of it. I like how simple it is. And I like the uh, the way I'm feeling so far. So it's, it's, it's feeling pretty good. It's feeling pretty good. So I'm happy. Cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's, let's get right into it. Did you rewatch the? Did you watch the uh, UFC 243 fight taking place at Marvel Stadium in uh, Australia on last Saturday between Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker? I sure did. Okay, so I wanted to, so I want to get your opinion because this has kind of been the side conversation about this fight, and it's something I want to talk about with you, Israel Adesanya. I'm pretty sure his amateur record before he became a pro uh, MMA fighter, I think he has like 80 fucking kickboxing wins. Like he, he he's a... Oh, damn. We're not even going to talk about his, his, like the resume and the styles tonight. We don't need to break that down. There's plenty of people who fucking, you know, get their nuts off on that. Let's talk about the fact that after the KO, TKO victory in round two by Israel Adesanya, a lot of the conversation post-fight was about how arrogant and cocky and brash and and just uh, abrasive Israel Adesanya is. He calls out Paulo Costa immediately, calling him like a juiced up Brazilian, uh, a juiced up Ricky yeah. Martin or whatever, and saying like, Come yeah, on, let's yeah, go, yeah. bro, making fun of his accent. He was saying, hey, they all said I didn't have knockout power. Here I am with my knockout power. Uh, he would, he didn't really give a lot of props to Robert Whitaker afterwards, saying like, "Hey guys, give it up for him. He's a great champion. He's been through a lot." He, he just kind of went straight on into, "I told you I was the best. I told you I was gonna do this. I told you I was gonna." A little like pre Conor McGregor esque, right? Now this isn't the first take that anybody in MMA has taken on a fighter, right? Oh, he's too cocky. Oh, she's too like Ronda Rousey. Oh, she's so arrogant and she's so mean. Like I can't believe she's like yeah. this. I can't believe she's so. Uh, abrasive and and flippant to everybody you know it, it's it's not an unknown take in mma it's not an unknown take in sports but i feel like the big thing that a lot of people have been talking about is that he is so cocky he is so arrogant that he's basically the next conor mcgregor now with that being said i want your opinion on a what do you think about the personality of him as far as that comment of oh he's too cocky and too brash and arrogant uh a and b i want to know what you think as far as how does that stand in relation to other great fighters in the limelight like against ronda rousey in her prime against conor mcgregor in his prime against uh you know uh, michael bisping against uh you know like like chael sonnen all these people who've against anderson silva against all these guys who have talked and guys, all these fighters who have talked mad shit, all these fighters who have positioned themselves and put themselves in a corner being painted as this this just arrogant son of a bitch. Like, like what are your thoughts on, on what's your take on him as a person, as a character? So the only th- interview I've ever seen with Israel is um, when he was on uh, Joe Rogan podcast. 
And he seemed like a really chill guy and very respectable. And I mean, I, I didn't get any vibes like, oh, this guy's an, you know, arrogant or he's a prick. And like, I, 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 like I said, I thought he was really chill, but then I, I see this post fight stuff he's doing and I'm like, okay, is this an act because of what people like Chael or Connor or whoever have done successfully? Uh, like, is this all an act just to make a name for himself? Because it's not necessary. The, the kid is now, I say kid, he's our age. He's now 18 and 0. I mean, I feel like that type of attitude isn't worth it. I mean, you, you, you've already proven yourself within what two years he's been with the UFC um now comparing him or or you know thinking about like what Connor has done or you know someone like Chael obviously they brought in the money Right, all the shit talking. They they brought in the pay per view buys. Right, right. It causes oh, drama. It ca- it creates history. It creates drama. It creates entertainment. Chael Sonnen set the standard. Tito Ortiz was one of the originals. Uh, Conor McGregor yes. created a whole new level of what it meant to be a superstar. Ronda Rousey pioneered an entire. Uh, 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 women's division not even division entire women's side to the sport like no everybody we mentioned anderson silver is considered possibly the greatest fighter of all time all all the people we're mentioning have been not just like fan favorites or big draws but they've been uh, uh pioneers and pinnacles in the sport on some level right mm-hmm. now i'm not gonna say that Israel Adesanya is not going to be that. I'm not I'm not going to say that. I think he is I think what it is is that and if you've ever and I've showed you. I've showed you his highlights from kickboxing. I've showed you his highlights from outside of MMA and he is he's he's cocky and confident and arrogant in the ring in kickboxing. Like like he carries that swagger into into the into the octagon, into the cage. He has his confidence as of being a competent striker, of being a complete fighter on the feet, of understanding, engaging distance and footwork, head movement and slipping and countering and rolling with punches and setting traps for people and studying his opponents. He's he's a it's a masterclass of striking. You know, like he is the next level of striking in MMA. So I'm not going to say, oh, he he should be more humble about it. But I will say, is he going to set a standard that people will look back on and say, oh, yeah, uh, all these cocky and arrogant fighters, but they were the best ever. You know, you had Anderson Silva, you had Ronda Rousey, you had pioneers like Chael Sonnen, you had, you know, uh, uh, foundational fighters like Tito Ortiz, you had guys who set set bars at a level that's almost impossible to reach with Conor McGregor. You have blank, 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 blank. By Israel Adesanya, like, like, what is that? What is that? Like, what is that going to be for him? You know, like, and that's the thing I'm trying to think of. Because while I don't really care if he's cocky or arrogant, I'm wondering about where he stands in that sense for how he holds himself within, let's say that that hall, that grand hall of shit talkers, that grand hall of arrogant fighters, that grand hall of people 
who not only talked the talk, but they walked the walk. And that's what Israel Adesanya is. And maybe that's all his legend will be. Oh, he talked the talk, but that motherfucker walked the walk. And that could be that could be it. That's fine. But right now, it's almost... It's almost it's almost like that's not tangible just yet because he's so fresh. He's so new. He's been in the sport for what? He's been fighting for what? Like like you said, no more than two years. In just in 20 months. With the UFC, yeah. 20 yeah. months, not even two years. He's been fighting in the UFC for 20 months. So he went from uh, like just this exciting prospect uh, debuting as like this masterful kickboxer to being the undisputed champion. You know? So, I mean, like what, what do you think about that? In the grand hall of shit talkers... What is Israel Adesanya holding in that hall for you? You know, he like will he hold a similar mantle to Anderson Silva as a masterclass striker or the greatest ever? Will he set a standard for New Zealand Australian slash Australian fighters or from fighters of that area? You know, like Ronda Rousey pioneered for women's MMA of a whole new venture of a whole new environment. Will he be a guy famous for what he's done with his like like his performances like Conor McGregor? Will, will he set a standard of shit-talking like Chael Sonnen and pioneer a whole different level to the game of playing mind games? Like, what is it going to be in your eyes? I mean, I, I'd say definitely performance. Because here's the, here's the thing. I've seen Adesanya do some crazy deflecting, crazy countering. Uh, but he also gets hit. Um, Not often. So to say, Not like... Often. He, not often, but I mean, guys do touch him. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I think Kelvin Gastelum uh, showed that when he took him to a five round war and beat the shit out of yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I feel like there are guys that have the potential, um, to possibly be this guy's. I well, I okay. I was about to say maybe his kryptonite, but that's going a little too far. Yeah, I, think that's I mean, going far. Yeah. I'm okay, so I, I'd say definitely performer. I mean, dude, let again this this last fight, uh, literally saved by the bell. Oh, for Rob- fucking Whitaker in the first round, dropped him, was about to go attack, and that was it. Yeah, the uh, he- I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, how we- ever he, he like basically KO'd him at the end of the first and just didn't follow through. KO'd, but yeah, it technically it was just the end of the round. Like, holy shit. Yeah, that was perfect timing. He even said a, 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 like a quote of what Israel said about that. He said, I held my fist up. That's stupid. I should have punched him until the referee jumped on him. I guess the referee saved him on that one. That's what he was saying about, about the end of the first round. So. I, yeah, I don't know. But, but yeah, I mean, you know. As far as where I see this guy, though, uh, I just don't think the the shit talking is necessary. I think he should just let his skills do the talking for him, you know, because then, again, there's that difference between confidence and arrogance. Yes, and that's that's, that's where I'm going because I knew knew that's how you perceive it as a martial artist, and I want to get your view on this. Yes. So, I mean... So with arrogance, right? It's it's when okay, okay, let's say like Connor, you know, it's when they talk down to people, yet they still have the skill set to do so. Whereas people who are more confident, let's say GSP, whereas they're more withheld, you know, and they pretty much just let their skills do the talking, 
rather than do the shit talking themselves. They take into consideration what other people say. Right. They don't mind taking advice from other people. Right. You know, but they're not going to sit there and belittle someone of their skill and their talent or lack of. You know, they just go in there, they do their job. Right. So clearly in those terms, you're saying Israel Adesanya is much more like Conor McGregor than GSP, which I would agree. And well, from this fight, because again, I'm not that familiar with him. I'm not sure what he, what his personality, if this is his personality at all times, but from what I experienced with this last fight, um, I was getting that Conor vibe. But I, again, just going back to how I saw him during the Joe Rogan podcast, he was just a completely different person. So I have to ask, like, is this an act? Is this is the guy who I saw post fight re- the real Israel? I mean, because the ki- the guy is skilled, and I feel like he should just have that confidence and not the arrogance. That's a good like, point. You don't have to do all the shit talking. That, you don't. That's a good point. That's a good point. You guys are getting paid either way, you know? Right, right. It's not necessary anymore. So here's what I'm going to say. I think you're right. I think he doesn't need to be that way. I think he's that way because he knows it draws views. He knows sure. He knows it's entertaining. He, he saw what Conor McGregor did just by talking shit and backing it up. I think he's confident that he knows he can back it up, and that's why he pretends to be cocky. It's not so much like yeah. a, a a pony show like Colby Covington is, where Colby Covington is a very good fighter, but he is just a caricature of of a shit talker for himself of himself. Where it, it's, it's yeah, just, it, it doesn't really entrance us the same way with the same mysticism of confidence that you hear from a guy like Israel Adesanya. But there was another point I heard by uh, Dan Tom who's a fantastic analyst that uh, he made a very good point. And he said, there's a lot of conversation about this for Israel Adesanya. And he said, and I wonder how much of it is because of the fact that we haven't had a guy like this, like uh, uh, a guy who's a minority who's like this and talks like this and walks like this and carries himself like this since like Anderson Silva. And he was saying Hmm. people fucking, not everybody loved Anderson Silva. People were in awe of his skill, but when Chael Sonnen was taking it to Anderson Silva, there were a lot of people that were rooting for Chael Sonnen, you know? Yeah. Was Chael saying some wild shit? Yeah, Chael was saying some wild shit to Anderson Silva, and guess what? A lot of people loved that, and a lot of people were saying, yeah, fucking take it to this guy. This guy who thinks he's better no matter what. The guy who has no, who doesn't appear to be humble, you know what I mean? Like, like fuck this dude. This dude puts his, puts his hands on his waist and, and shakes his head at people. Like, like yeah, it is crazy to watch. But at the same time, yo, Chael, fuck him up. You know? Yeah. And there was a, there, a lot of people, especially in America, I feel, were behind Chael because of that. They were like, yeah, dude, fuck up. This dude has this image of himself, and we all know it. So fuck him up for it. Fuck up the man called the spider. And yeah, I'm not saying that was because Anderson Silva uh, is black. I'm not saying... That has anything to do with it, but I am saying that we there hasn't been somebody who's been viewed with those optics until now with his who is Israel Adesanya. You know what I mean? And there's plenty of of racial parts of this conversation that this could go down, which I don't think it needs to go down because I think you mm-hmm. and I both view him as just a martial, especially you view him as a martial artist first, and then you judge everything else about like his attitude and everything else. Um, yeah. So I don't think that's ever something that really crosses either of our minds, but,
But I want to say that the optics for, I think, the general population definitely see that as a part of it. And this is a, something that happens in sports and gets talked about across a wide range of sports. It's just you have, uh, especially in football, you have guys who, who run their mouth and they're called arrogant. And then you have guys in, in basketball who run their mouth and they're called uh, cocky and all this other shit. And this conversation always pops up. It's especially by uh, certain analysts who will say it's because of his color. Because when this other guy who's not black says the same thing, he doesn't get any scrutiny. But mm. a guy, uh, his peer says it. And it, I'm hearing already from the MMA community about this with Conor McGregor versus Israel Adesanya. Because they're the two most recent shit talkers who can back it up. And you have one who is obviously... An epitome of a white guy. <laughs> you have Conor McGregor from fucking Ireland uh, selling whiskey. And then you have uh, Israel Adesanya. Now, granted, the general view of Conor McGregor has changed over the incidents that have been happening with him running his mouth and not fighting consistently and fake retiring and punching a, that old guy in the pub and all this other shit. Oh, yeah. The rumors about him cheating on his wife and or his uh, girlfriend and all this other stuff and... There's the optics on him have definitely changed, but before that, when it was Conor McGregor putting his hands behind his back, fucking up Eddie Alvarez with four piece combinations, nobody was really saying anything about that. You know what I mean? Nobody was like, oh, like people were saying, oh, he's cocky. But then they were saying, yo, he knocked out Aldo in 13 seconds. Oh, man. Yo, he yeah. runs his mouth like a motherfucker. Yo, he fucked up Eddie Alvarez with his hands behind <laughs> his back and he won. He wanted a, like he's a two belt champion. He's a two division champ. Like he's backed it up, you know. So, I so now here's a question for you. Okay, okay, I mean, okay. Ask the question, but I just want to end my statement by saying I wonder if they're gonna say the same. If that conversation is gonna stop the whole racial like, oh, he's such a fucking arrogant asshole about Israel Adesanya if he does similar feats of. Of extraordinary uh, uh, fights um, yeah. in the future, but go ahead. What's your question? So now, guys like Connor and Israel, do you categorize them as arrogant or confident? Especially with the point you brought up, they back up what they say. So is it that they feel confident in what they're saying and then prove it? Or is it overall arrogance? It's hard. It's really hard for me with Connor because we've seen Connor in defeat. Right. And we've seen what he's what he does in defeat, you know? Uh yep. when he lost to Nate Diaz and he said, uh, he was bigger, I couldn't hurt him, he wasn't backing up. Uh, you know, I gassed out, I threw everything I had. It was mismanagement of my resources. Hats off to him. You know, he's uh he was the better fighter tonight. I'm, I, I will be gracious in victory and gracious in defeat. That kind of thing. Um, Connor, the thing, the, the hard caveat, the hard asterisk to this is that Connor McGregor has an asterisk of being an entertainer. You know what I mean? He's entertaining. Yeah. His press conferences fucking sold out like, like a show, you know? Just people yep. want to hear him talk. He's entertaining. They did the, they did the fucking press tour with him and Mayweather just so they, we could watch him talk shit to Mayweather. You know what I mean? Four times. It's just, it's weird because he's in a very different realm. You know, he's in a very different spectrum. I think, yeah. I think, I think clearly they're both very confident. And I think, especially from studying their body of work, 
they both have reasons to be that confident. Connor knows he has a knockout left. Connor knows how to step and slip out, like slide out and pop over, coming over the top to counter punch. Um, you know, Connor knows how to walk people down. He knows how to cut off angles and set people up with his left. And he knows how to implement it. And that's why he's confident. Uh, Israel Adesanya knows how to how to bait and switch. He knows how to set up traps, how to draw people's offense out and wait for them to recoil and then catch them off guard with feints and then and then just fucking start pouring it on them. You know, like it's they they know their skill set. They know their tools. They know how to use them to such a high level. I think yeah. I think they're confident. I like I don't think Israel Adesanya is cocky and I don't think Conor McGregor is cocky. Just like how I don't think Ronda Rousey was cocky. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, she's so arrogant and disrespectful. She didn't shake Misha Tate's hand and all this other shit." And it's it's along the lines of, "Yeah, you're you're right about that." But keep in mind, she was fucking girls up. Like she was wiping the floor with girls. It was almost Mike Tyson level just how long will they last against her? Remember that shit? Yeah. And yep. I think Ronda knew, oh, I'm going to fuck this girl up. But in the Holly Holm fight, before the, in the buildup, people were saying, oh, how long do you think this fight's going to last? And Ronda was very honest of just, I don't know. Holly's really tough. She's tall. She has reach. She's an amazing boxer. She has good kicks. It's She has a formidable resume, and she's going to be a great challenge. I feel like Ronda Rousey was the only one who really gave Holly Holm the upfront respect of a fighter. Because I think Ronda mm. saw this girl's my kryptonite. This girl is everything has everything that I don't have. That's that that's in my skill set. So it's going to be yeah. a tough fight. Uh, but I think Ronda was the only one who saw that. So and I don't think Ronda was arrogant when what she did to Misha Tate by not shaking her hand. I think that was just a personal thing for her against Misha, and she happened to be Ronda Rousey. She happened to be this person in the spotlight who did this. I think if Ronda R- Rousey did that fight against Misha Tate and she wasn't Ronda Rousey, she was just a fighter on the undercard, I think she does the same thing. Because that's who she is. You know what I mean? I don't think it's it's a, it's a show that Ronda's trying to put on. I think Ronda's just herself and that's who she is. You know? Kind of like along the lines of of like GSP, right? Kind of along the lines of Oh, not GSP. Kind of along the lines of um, trying to think of the fighter they talk about who's super competitive. Uh, it's oh god, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? I'm trying to. I, I forget. My apologies. But you have these these fighters that are so competitive, that are so um, so hungry, and 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 the fire burns so bright that you know if they lose, yeah. they they just they freak out, right? They they just that that's their existence and. I don't know how competitive Israel, Connor, or Ronda really are, but I know enough that their skill set and their confidence comes off as cocky because they put in the work to be confident. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not offended by what Israel says. I'm not offended by what Connor says. I'm not, I'm not offended by what Ronda has done. It's just that's who they are as as fighters. Uh, but that at the same time, it's it's hard to really. To, to really set the line in the sand, right? So how do you define a cocky fighter? Like, how do you answer your own question there? I mean, when I think cocky, yeah, I, I would think of somebody like Connor. Uh, you know, I... I'm, I'm trying to think of who else, really, besides, like, the typical... You know, like Chael or Connor. I mean, 
here's the thing too is I feel like these guys and correct me if I'm wrong I I would compare them to like like hockey which you're you you know very well I do uh aren't there players that just beat the shit out of other players on a hockey team enforcers and, yeah there's enforcers not okay. not as common anymore but yeah they still exist and Obviously, hockey fans, they go there to enjoy the game, but they also want to see some bloodshed every now and then, right? That that to kind of spice up the entertainment. There's a little... Obviously, they're there for the game, but yeah, the, it, it gets a little exciting when, you know... Well, there's a little schadenfreude of being able to revel in the misery of the other team. So if you watch a fight between a rival team and your guys beating the crap out of one of their guys, that's a huge a morale and, and emotional boost to the crowd and the team. But at the same time, like, you know, pe- people, yeah. Like, like if we're going to go down this route, yeah. People do like when they see their team win in a fight. Yeah. I feel like guys like Connor and Shaler or whatever are like those guys for the UFC. You know what I mean? Like we, it's almost like before they made the the ESPN deal, we needed guys like that. I mean, you did make a point though, like with Ronda, like it's it's not that she's putting on an act. You, it's that's just who she is as a person. And I believe that there are fighters like that, but I also believe that there are fighters like Connor or like Chael who clearly admitted like it was for business reasons, you know? Yeah. To to become the bad guy. Right. Uh, right. Right. You know, so it's like we we they also needed people like that to sell. So to define cocky, I mean, yeah, I'd say for promotion and for business and entertainment, Connor, uh, I would say Chael, guys who I think are cocky just because it's in their nature. Would you would you say the Diaz brothers? I want to say the D- mind you they they are absolutely talented. I I I totally respect them, but I would say I so mean the Diaz brothers are like an anomaly. You know, I feel like they've always been an anomaly. I wouldn't say they're cocky. I would say they're confident because they know they know what they're doing. They're skilled. They're skilled strikers. They're skilled grapplers. Like they. They've been in enough fights in and out of the cage in their lifetime. They know they can fuck people up. It's, I think, I think that's a matter of uh, confidence. I wouldn't say it's cocky because they don't talk like it. They don't say, oh, I'm going to come out. I'm going to fuck him up five rounds. And like, he's lucky if he makes it to the fifth, you know, they just, they, they actually hate fucking press conferences. They hate talking. They go to press conferences and they, they just go, yeah, whatever, man, I'm here to fucking just fight, you know? So I'm, that's true. Now, now in the octagon, they get cocky. They, they cocky. I think they get confident in the octagon when they realize they're piecing somebody up, and they go, "Oh, he can't stop my jab." Okay, jab. Oh, he thinks I'm going high. I'm gonna go low. Poop. Gotcha. And that's when they they point and they're like, "Oh, I got you." Oh, fuck! I slapped your shit. You know what I mean? Like the Nate Diaz versus uh, Michael Johnson fight where he slaps him like for like an entire yeah. half of a round and he keeps pointing at his face like oh i keep smacking like a bitch whop and he keeps doing it you know yeah um yeah i, I think that's 100 percent a thing yeah i mean 
but I again I think that they're confident. I don't think they're cocky. I think they're confident. You know. Now going going back to Israel. Right. I guess uh from what I'm to understand, him and John Jones have had this back and forth uh you know I guess uh Twitter beef or whatever going on. Israel really thinks, or I guess you could say he's confident enough to think that if he were to go up and wait, that he could actually take on John Jones. Um, I think, but I guess rumor has it John Jones is actually thinking about going up to heavyweight, considering DC is now retiring. Correct. Well, DC will retire uh, after this Deepay fight, but yes, correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think? You think that's possible? Do you think that's the arrogance coming out? I think confidence. I think that's a little bit of the com- that's the confidence bleeding into cockiness. I think first of all, I think I don't know how that I don't even know how that beef started, but that was a weird conversation to start where John Jones was saying, "No, I would beat the shit out of Israel Adesanya." And I think Israel Adesanya took that to his confidence, to his ego and just said, "No, we won't." Who who's who, who does John Jones think he is to say he's going to fuck me up. You know, that that that's the confidence and the ego. And that bleeds into the yeah. cockiness that like crosses the line into cockiness real quick where it turns into a back and forth of just okay, if you if you think you're going to beat my ass then come do it. You know, which if I'm in Adesanya's camp, let's not play that game, dude. Let's not go up to that weight class against a big beefy big dick John Jones and try to fucking take it to him. <laughs> I feel like I feel yeah. like that's Maybe not the maybe not the best game plan for your future. I understand. I understand. It would be the fight to make that would sell the like out of all the fights. It will sell. Oh my god, John Jones versus Israel Adesanya. That would. Oh my god. Like, holy shit, that that would be fucking yeah. insane. That the build up to that would be insane. Besides the shit talking between the two of them, the actual skill level between the two of them. That would be an insane fight. Yes. That would be an amazing yes. fight. Fuck. See, now I want that fight. That would be an amazing fight. <laughs> if Israel Adesanya was big enough, but he I don't think he's big enough. Yeah. Like he, well, here's my thing too. I mean, he he's quick. He's quick now, but is he would he stay quick at light heavyweight? Also, and I've said this before, Israel does get hit. He does deflect a lot. He does dodge and weave, you know. But I've seen him get hit. Right. Not as often as John Jones. Ooh. But John Jones, which you've pointed out, he's got that crazy reach. Right. So unless you get in close, which is near impossible, hence all the DC attempts, I mean, at that point, now he's going to grapple you. So I don't know, man. I would love to see that fight as well. That would be a crazy fucking fight. That would be a crazy fucking fight. I think that would be... Yeah. I think if Israel Adesanya had the muscle mass, I think he could... Uh, I think he could piece up John Jones. Uh, actually, you know what? That's I'm just... That's just brash. That's just me saying that because I've just seen Israel Adesanya fight. I would need to see the metrics. I need to see the length and the reach distance. I think Israel Adesanya has a better understanding and management of... Um, 
footwork for like like setting up his setting up his actual combos off of his feints because he faints so much. But I think John yeah. Jones, unless you get that respect of oh, you need to worry about what I'm going to hit you with. I think John Jones is just going to intimidate and try to bully and come in. I think he's yeah. going to try to attack the legs. I think he's going to try to get you into clinching range and then because he's big and strong he's fucking huge and i think if he gets him uh i think if he got close i think it would turn into a, a pretty brutal affair i think john jones clinches and throws some heavy elbows but i think you yeah. got to catch israel adesanya to do that and you do that by slowing down the gas tank and taking out the legs so it's a matter of are is your striking good enough to to stop the mobility and uh, take out a little bit of the gas tank on a guy like Israel Adesanya. And then you got to, mm-hmm. once you do that, then he's ripe for some, you know, stepping elbows and clinch work, but you got to catch, you got to catch him. That'd be an amazing fight. That'd be an amazing fight. Yeah. Let's just, put, sure. that's just let's just put it that way. That'd be an amazing fight. I mean, I mean, realistically Adesanya is going to fight Paulo Costa, but I think, yeah. I think John Jones, it, that's the fight to make, man. Like, if I'm Dana White, I go to Israel Adesanya and I go, "How bad do you want John Jones? How much? Do you, <laughs> how much do you want to go up against that motherfucker? Because if you want that and you say you can make it, fuck it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's what you want, man. I would say let's do Paul Acosta because you're not that hurt. We'll do Paul Acosta next, and then after that, if you win, if you want it, I'll put John. We'll put John Jones on the table. John Jones wants to fuck your up, fuck you up. So. If you want to take it to him, we're willing to sign that and make that happen. Yeah. Well, I know there was also mention, too. I, I think it came more from Israel. He's he's like, yeah, it, it'll happen. Or I want it to happen in 2021, sometime in 2021. Uh, I don't know why that year, but I guess um, he, has, he also said, you know what? I also want to defend my belt. I got to get through three or four. How did he put it? Killers. First, you know, I actually want to defend and prove myself as current champion before, you know, making that decision. Right. So that I respect because this is the first fighter I feel like in a long time who is like, you know, oh, I got the belt. Now I want to move to another class and dominate that one. Yeah, true. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of seeing all these quote unquote champ champs like just prove prove yourself worthy of your current title at least for a little while, then, you know, move up or down in class, however you feel. I mean, I, try to prove yourself first. Defend your shit. Right, right. Defend it, defend it. I, so, I'm I'm happy that he's going to do that. I'm, I'm happy that that's where his mindset's at. But I think he wants 2021 so he can pack on weight. Yeah, jo- makes sense. John Jones is fucking big, man. He's fucking big. Yeah, and imagine if he. Oh my god, he's huge. John Jones. If he goes to heavyweight. I I think he's looking at two sixty five. If I read, uh, whatever article correctly, that's, like he he will go max. That's fucking huge. He's gonna be powerlifting. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's yeah. That's so. Ugh. No, that's. Oh man, that's cool. That's some fucking shit. That'd be some fucking shit. <laughs> to answer your question way back, not to ruin this. This the direction this is going. I never answered it about my green smoothies. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, 
I, I, what I do is I layer the smoothie, the blender, I layer the blender and then I also have a really good blender, but yeah, I layer it. So I put in water then I put in spinach yep. then I put in chia seeds, then I put in carrots, then I put in, uh, like a little bit of frozen fruit and then I put in more water and then I blend it. But at the same time, I have a really good blender. I have a blender that can blend fucking iPhones and shit. Like I, I have a good, yeah. I have a good blender. So the blender is going to help a lot. But the thing to really make it smooth is that you need to be able to hit every single particle of the vegetation if you're doing raw smoothies. Because if you don't, that's what makes it pulpy. Okay, I I think what I'm doing then is, is I'm just maybe just adding too much of an ingredient and not enough liquid, because I have a Ninja Blender. I like I, I mean that that thing's got I don't know how many I think it's got like uh, three rows of blades. It's like a fifteen hundred watt. Yeah. Ninja Blender. Yeah. I mean, it it's sh- I, I, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm I'm thinking maybe my measurements are off, and I'm not adding enough liquid. Yeah. I also like fill it with liquid first. So I fill it like halfway up with liquid, pouring the ingredients, and then I top off the liquid. Okay. So like all the ingredients get like packed in the bottom and the middle. And Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and just you got to let it go, but um yeah, just don't do anything super fibrous. Like don't do ginger root, don't do cucumber uh cucumber. Don't do uh you could do cucumber, that's basically water. Uh don't do like celery cuz super fibrous shit will just have strands of that shit and that's what makes it pulpy. Because even when I do ginger okay. root in the Blendtec, which is like a, the super hardcore blender, it's still a little pulpy yep. from the ginger root. Okay. So that, that would be my advice. That'd be my advice. Okay. Um, sorry for that little detour. Uh, I just want to finish with this question. What are your thoughts about cocky versus confident martial artist? Not an MMA fighter. <sighs> I mean a martial artist because I haven't really met a cocky martial artist. I've met confident martial artists. I've never really met. A, granted, we all, again, we trained at a, at a pretty traditional place with very humble students. So it's not like, you know I mean, like Jay could have kicked, yeah. Jay could have kicked me through the fucking wall and he, he never openly acknowledged, <laughs> like he wouldn't really say that, right? but like he knew he could. You know what I mean? So yeah, like that's an example of 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 uh, I think how humble he was. You know, and Dylan knew that he would he could fuck me up. You know what I mean? But again, he was very humble in that, and he would he was granted. Dylan was also a teacher, right? He also taught kempo and kung fu, so right. he was also yeah. very a very good training partner because he would say, "No, you need to do this. Step in with your elbow and do that. It's okay. Like lift up." Your foot's not in the right spot. Move your foot forward right behind mine. Now kick back while you push. There you go. So, like, he was an amazing training partner. But, yeah. like, how would you judge a cocky or confident martial artist? Like, would you, like, where is that line in a dojo? Not in a cage. Not, not, so, not, in a, not in an MMA gym, but I'm talking about what you think for a dojo confident or cocky level. Well, if you're cocky, you're not a martial artist. Okay, see, because that's what at I was, that point, yeah, that's what I thought you were. Yeah, say. because at that point, it's it's not even just the fact that you're disrespecting your peers, 
but you're disrespecting the art itself. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, if you're cocky, then, yeah, you're not a martial artist. Right. You might be a fighter. Ah. It's the difference between a cook and a chef. Hey. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Like, uh, humble in victory and gracious in defeat. Yes. That kind of thing. Right. Which I think is the quote. So. I think I fucked up the quote that Connor said. I think I said... I thought he said originally gracious and victory and gracious and defeat. I'm pretty sure it's humble and victory and gracious and defeat. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah. Okay. Well, that, but then when it comes to martial artists, you know, there's confidence, but there's also determination, you know, to, to get to the, to get to a certain point that you want to reach, uh, which yes, determination leads to confidence, which then gets you to your goal. But right. Okay. Well, hey, man. I'm glad the renovations are done. I'm glad you are eating smart and you're going to get back into the fitness side. And yes. I'm glad you saw that crazy shit that Israel Adesanya did to Robert Whitaker because that was some fucking crazy shit. Very. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In that case, uh, good episode. Good times. I will. Yeah, man. T- I will talk to you soon, man. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Peace. Peace.